If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Quantum Revenue Expansion, where we keep you motivated, inspired, and thinking big. Up-leveling into quantum revenue is a choice that we can all make in any moment and then continue to make that choice to stay in that space each day. On this podcast, Ursula will share revenue growth strategies to reach your next level and introduce you to CEOs just like you who are making it happen. What's your next quantum leap going to be? See it, own it, and take that first step. If this is you, then Ursula wants to invite you to join us at the next 2X Intensive now. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. You're listening to Quantum Revenue Expansion with your host, Ursula Menchez. Let's go. and welcome back to Quantum Revenue Expansion, the podcast. So excited to have you back. And I know, as usual, you're going to love my guests. One of them, Amanda Johnson, is a 10 times guest. I don't even know, Amanda. No, it's probably not that many, but maybe three or four. And she's back again. And she's back this time with her son, Aaron Johnson. Hello to both of you and welcome, because we're going to be talking about their new book, A Religion of Story. And within that, we're talking about using story to cultivate character, unleash potential, and expand impact and income, all the things we love talking about on the show. And they've paired up, they've teamed up, mother and son. I love this so much, because here's the thing. I've known Aaron since he was three. And Amanda was a huge, huge coach, inspiration, and supporter when we were planning and trying so hard to have Luca. And I still have, I always say this, I still have the little snow globe that you gave me with the baby in it. And I look at it, it sits um, in my living room and I look at it all the time. I think of you because you were, that was that one piece I really held on to like, oh, it can happen. There's a baby out there. So anyway, thank you as always for that. And I've watched Amanda, um, be this amazing mom to Aaron, not a perfect mom as she shares in her books, but because thank God for that, because I, if I would have tried to be a perfect mom, I'd be locked up right now. So let's be honest about that. And just amazing. And now you two are writing this book, A Religion of Story. So first I just want to say hi to both of you. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. So many things we're going to talk about. I want to do a little bit of housekeeping on the front end, and then we'll, I'm going to introduce these two amazing souls. 
So really quickly, if you haven't yet, go to UrsulaInc.co forward slash nothing. <laughs> UrsulaInc.co, the homepage is what I'm trying to say, and grab Quantum Revenue Expansion, our masterclass. It's three parts. We talk about how to build your quantum revenue container, how to up-level your prices, packages, and marketing. And we show you how to collapse time and get to your goal even faster. So anyway, if you're looking for some free inspiration, it's like $1,000 value, it's free. Go there, grab it. We want to support you in your, in your expansion right now. I think that's enough. Like I'm just going to dive in. So let me tell you about Amanda first. So in addition to being a soul sister and dear friend and longtime um, book coach, book editor, really helped me with the publishing journey, all the things. It's no surprise they're starting a publishing company. I think they'll talk about that today. As the founder of True to Intention and co-founder of, there it is, Saved by Story Publishing, Amanda Johnson partners with seekers and storytellers devoted to writing truer individual and collective stories. After years of helping others question, recognize, and articulate powerful messages as a teacher and writing coach, Amanda uncovered her own true intention and began a lifelong quest to embody it. As a mama, a wife, a messenger, an entrepreneur, and a friend, Amanda is determined to empower a generation that challenges the narratives handed to them with curiosity and love, heals the stories that hold us back, and co-authors a messy, magically ever after. You can see why I love her. Amanda, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me back. So exciting. I know. I think you're going to, it's like you and Tina Pettis and probably Rebecca now, like you guys are all like competing, competing, but you're, you're leading the pack there. All right. Entrepreneurial at heart, Aaron Johnson, Amanda's son has been both deeply involved with startups since he was a child because he couldn't help but be because we were all around him all the time and mesmerized by story in the hero's journey. When he began paving his own non-traditional education and career paths and rediscovered some of his own potential through improv, debate, and mock trial competitions, he quickly realized that every system and solution needs to be unique because every person's vision, mission, and path is different. That's pretty incredible that you know that, Erin, I'm just saying. As a project administrative manager, tech strategist, and founder of consulting and management company, Caterpillar Solutions, Aaron helps entrepreneurs discover and unleash potential in themselves and their businesses using intuitive systems and soulful technology. I, you know, I don't know about you guys, but it feels like you guys have no professional writers because those are some of the best bios I've read in a long time. So Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, we did a lot of therapy around those bios, didn't we, mom? She has a whole thing about that. So yeah, we both had recent identity crises that led us to rewriting our bios at the last minute for sure. Yeah. We're going to have to talk about, that might be another show. I'm definitely going to, I got to know all about that. That's, um, I think we've all been there though, right? Where you wake up and you read your bio and you think, Hmm, this isn't maybe exactly who I think anymore. Yeah. So let's just dive in. You're here. You've completed yet another book. Um, Amanda, and I got to be part of the last one, which was so exciting. And now together you've written A Religion of Story. So what made, what made you to, to decide to collaborate on this book? Who wants to go first? Well, I'll start because I think I'm the one who sparked this. Erin mm-hmm. uh, and I were on the way home from his amazing uh, school one day, and we had this conversation about what was what he was learning in one of his classes. I think it was a human spark class. And there was this conversation about, you know, my teacher believes that we might be able to choose immortality in my lifetime. 
And I was like, okay, I have no, I didn't even really care about all the details. My question was, would you do it? And he immediately said, no. I mean, I mean, didn't even take a deep breath and a consideration. And when I asked him why, because I always play devil's advocate, he said, mom, every story that we have ever seen, what have we learned about time? When it ends, it makes things more meaningful, right? Like that knowing that it's finite makes the moment more important that you're in. And also you just don't mess with time. Like you don't mess with nature. And so I pushed and pushed and pushed on the way home to see if I could, well, what if, what if we're being given the tools to like, I don't know, evolve past that. Or, you know, he's like, "Mm -mm." story has taught me. And that's what sparked this idea was, it was this moment where I realized that and a few other conversations that we were having at the time that the way that I had engaged him with story had really shaped a worldview that was truly his and that he was no joke about, like, it was so firm. His compass is so clear. And I think a lot of it is because of the work that we've done in front of the TV screen. Oh my gosh. Imagine the parents who are going to (laughs) gasp. No, I think all the parents are like, oh yeah, that's me too. Like, oh, there were screens involved. That's me too. (laughs) So, so Aaron, I'm with you. I've had that, you know, I've pondered that question and I agree with you, Amanda, that it, what would be the purpose, the meaning? And we don't really have a worldview where that exists. So it's hard to even think about it other than, you know, we've seen movies where that's a thing, but it's, we've seen the stories and yet you're right. Those people are typically depressed, deranged. Like they got a whole host of things going on. So Erin, so when, you know, you had that conversation and then the book started to get sparked, tell us about your experience. What was your experience in the car in that moment as you were sharing the story with your mom? Um, well, I think it was kind of like one of those moments in my life where there was this big idea that was kind of showing up in all the things I was doing and all the things I was thinking about and talking about you know, potential and like evolution and what it means to be human. Um, And I was just, you know, it was just one of those moments in time where I was just really thinking about it and the the words just popped out. Um, And, you know, thinking about it now, it's just, it it just feels like a normal conversation, to be honest. You know what I mean? It just feels like one of those normal things that we have conversations about in front of the TV all the time. That's amazing. I wonder how many shows you two have watched together. One of our uh, readers asked for a compendium and I was like, oh, shoot, we do. We have book. a list because we had to build the list in order to write the book, mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely not complete. Yeah. So you have this story in the, you have, you have this conversation in the car and then what happened next? Like, how did it lead to this idea of like, Hey, this is a book. Well, I think that was you mom again. Right. So <laughs> you know, I think it probably stewed for at least a few days. I don't know how long the time was in between, but you came with sort of this outline, um, pretty rough of like how it would work, but still not really sure how, right? Because collaborative books in this way can be kind of tricky. Like how do you format it? So it's not confusing. And how are we going to, you know, have like insert our pieces of the puzzle together and make it coherent and also come to, you know, what, what's the goal of each chapter? And so we kind of landed on creating 
each chapter as a theme that we, a general theme that we see um, throughout all kinds of stories. So I think we did this in like one day, we mapped out all the stories that would be in them, like for the most part, like 80% of them. And so we were like, we uh, have uncertainty is chapter one, we have self-knowledge and training and camaraderie and um, destiny and leadership. And um, and one more in there that is completely- Redemption. redemption. Thank you, Villain Tells a Redemption, of course. Of course, it's the one that leaves my mind, right? Cause that was the <laughs> most, that's, that's another story we might get to about why that chapter was so rough um, for me. Um, but yeah, that, that's how we came to it. And we, we had this idea to have uh, my mom open each chapter with her story and how her life has related to the concepts at hand in, in that theme. Yeah. And then I would respond with my own story. Um, and then she would conclude. And then at the end of each chapter, there's um, kind of like a it's a, it's a, it's like a grayscale section where we have certain prompts and we like kind of break it down more methodically and how parents can actually apply what we talked about with their children um, mm -hmm. and ask questions, you know, related to those themes. Yeah. So good. I loved that. I loved hearing Amanda's voice and then your voice, Aaron, so that, you know, you can just get the, get the flow of what some of those conversations were like when you were sitting in front of the TV and at the same time, yeah. um, at the same time, you were, Amanda, like you were teaching, right? You're teaching Aaron this whole time through story. And it's such like story is who you are. Like you help people write their story. You help people create story. You've written your own story. I mean, it's just this, this ongoing piece. I'm curious, and this, this is off script. So I have a few things I definitely want to ask this. Since we're talking about this, you know, we hear this word a lot in the world today, narrative. Like what's the narrative? Everybody like that's the buzzword. Pivot was 2020. I think the buzzword of 2021 was like the narrative. And it was kind of like, it's like, well, a narrative is, is a story that someone's telling, right? And so, you know, are we telling stories or are we telling truths? Like that's the question I've asked myself a lot in the time of 2021. Like what does it even mean to talk about the narrative? So as you were writing, this book, you know, the pandemic was still happening and there were all these stories being told, all this narrative. Did that, how did that inform and impact what you were writing? Are you going to take that one <laughs> or do you want me to take that one? I think that impacted both of us quite a bit, right? Because we, we were, you know, we were having those conversations a lot about what was happening and how it related. And of course, the dumpster fire that was 2020 and sort of 2021 definitely impacted the writing of this book right like time wise and um content wise for sure like oh my gosh this is happening see how this relates here oh we need to talk about kind of like this concept related to it because it's pertinent yeah. you know um well and it seems like one of the themes is is how to how to help our children be critical thinkers mm -hmm. and in a world where there's just so much happening it feels like all the time because we're so connected on social media and the internet and it's like happening in real, real time. I mean, you know, as we're recording this, you know, we send all our love and um, to Ukraine and to the Russians who are wanting to support the people of Ukraine. And when, when the, when that broke out, I said to Tim, I said, this is going to be very different. This isn't the cold war. This is 
everybody has a smartphone, everybody has access to information. And if you're looking at the right channels at the right time, you can see exactly what's happening. We're seeing that play out in real time. And so now it's like humans are telling their own stories, even in short snippets through Twitter, through TikTok, through all of these things. And so I think your message is, it's more important than ever. Like, how do we, how do we as adults, now, Aaron, you are an adult, you're in the adult world. How do our youth, right? How do they discern all this information coming at them? Amanda, like, what, what do you, what would you share about that? Because I know as you're writing this book, you're thinking about Aaron and how you can arm Aaron to be able to continue to be a critical thinker throughout his life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that that moment in the car really showed me that the work that I had done with story had been a huge part of him being able to understand that there's always two sides to any story or narrative, right? And then again, at the same time, he was doing things like mock trial, where he got to play both sides of an argument. He had to, you know, identify all of the points of each part and be persuasive enough and on both sides. And then he was on the debate team, having these conversations about ethical quandaries. And, you know, so Oh, and journalism, right? You took like a journalism class. So all of a sudden we're starting to have conversations where the work that I did is then being refined by the process of engaging um, real story, right? So so we had been in, in the world of fiction for 16, 17 years by this point, having these conversations, but all of a sudden he was starting to make out loud connections between what we had experienced on the couch together and what he was seeing in the world and having to write essays and and, um, formulate his opinions and be a little controversial about his opinions because he didn't see things the same way everyone else did. And so a lot of what we did through the process of working on this book was, it was a a time where we got to like really celebrate the work that we had done, but take our conversations even deeper to more of the real world topics. And um, one of the other things that he had said that was part of this moment of, oh, we need to write this in a book was uh, we were watching some political, highly politicized situation on, on the news. And he turned to me and he said, mom, did you see that lady? And I was like, what about her? And he said, that was such a villain tell. And I was like, I'm sorry, a what? And he said, it was a villain tell. Did you see that snarky smirk on her face? And I was like, "Uh, nope, Uh, let's rewind it and I'll take a look. But one thing that we had done was, how do you know, how do you know a villain? How do you identify them? How do you see them before, like the really charismatic ones? (laughs) How about we figure out all the little tells so that we can be aware of who we're actually dealing with. And I, in that moment, I saw he was way more equipped and capable than I was um, because I had, I did not have that level of awareness. Yeah. So yeah, during this time we were having big conversations about politics and vaccines and, and the narratives that were being pushed and how do we, and his ability to um, look at information and vet it was like, oh my God, if someone had taught me how to do this when I was young, I would, it, things would have been so much easier for me. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And that's awesome, Erin, that you, you know how to vet and you've had all that training and that experience. And 
I feel like a lot, it seems like we're in a time now because people have to be really transparent because there's this line, misinformation is the other word, right? And so there's, people are good about like, here's my source, here's my source, here's my source. And and those who aren't might be the villains. I'm just saying, <laughs> no. I mean, maybe. It's fun. It's funny that you would say that too about the villain tell because Luca uses very interesting words that he's learned in story or Roblox or Minecraft or something. And we'll be talking, you know, you forget that, you forget sometimes that your eight-year-old is listening all the time. <laughs> and what's what's fascinating though, when I listen to them though, is for our eight-year-olds in the world, it boils down to one thing. Is she a good person or a bad person? Is he a good guy or a bad guy, right? Period, stop. And while there can be gray area, certainly, at the same time, that like I feel like that's what 2021 was all about. It was like finding like who could we trust? Mm-hmm. Who can we trust? And and Luca would say that, well, they're a good good guy or a bad guy, a good person or a bad person, or what does that mean? Or 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 just straight up like that is a bad person and they're up to bad things and they shouldn't be doing that in the world. Like so in tune. And and so you, when you think about this, this idea of story, like that's really what it boils down to, right? Are they a villain or are they a good guy? And what usually happens as a parent or, you know, the temptation is always to explain it or tell the actual story behind it or try to, you know, make our children feel safer, right? Mm. With some sort of something that we say to try to smooth it over and just attempts to regulate their nervous system, which is a little terrified that that person looks that scary and has that much power, right? Which is all good intention. But what if we just flip that into curiosity? What is it about that person that makes you think that they're bad? Mm. And let them teach us because, you know, I don't know about you, but my radar for villains has been pretty shoddy my entire life. Like (laughs) my intuition, (laughs) my intuition was telling me for a long time, but I was being gaslit and you're too sensitive and that's not what's really happening. And so my sense of perception around this conversation in particular has been strained. And so I, out of a need would say, Aaron, what do you mean? <laughs> right? Because I needed to learn this from him. It was so clear and, and certain for him. And so what if we did that? What if we just got curious? And then in the curiosity, not only are we learning, but we're one, teaching them to question their own perception, which is part of narrative questioning, right? right? And, and get even more uh, metacognitive about with that reflection. So now they're not just having the awareness and the intuitive insight, but now we're giving them the tool to be able to say, hmm, why is that? And then to start creating a map when this, you know, Ursula, you've been around my business since its inception, you know, that I now have a a flag list, right? Like my red flag list. If I have people who say this, this, and this, like if they say three of those 10 things, I send them to someone else because I've learned Right. And so that's what we're doing with our kids when we say, so what do you think about that? Why, why do you think that? And helping them to sort out. And sometimes he would say something and I would be like, oh, well, there's this other bit of information that I've heard. How does that then impact what you're thinking? So in the, in the, I don't remember what chapter it was that landed in, but 
he was feeling like there was a villain, you know, this ruckus child at school that wasn't doing what they were told, disrupting his learning environment. He's so frustrated. And so part of what I did was try to help him understand, like, there's more to the story. Maybe he's having trouble at home. Maybe he's being a bully because he's a victim at home. Maybe like there's so many other possibilities. Let's think about the stories that we have experienced where this is the case yeah. in what makes a villain. And so um, it just it just opens it up to more possibilities where I don't have to have the answers. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> but we can um, find them together. And we can ask the questions. I love that's so good. I'm going to do that with Luca. Thank you. Another tip from Amanda on how to. <laughs> help my child become a critical thinker. So for all our listeners, it's so great, especially right now when kids might have fear, but we don't, we don't really know. Like if you, if you don't expand the conversation, we could just put on them, project onto them what we think they're saying, but they might be saying something totally different. So really asking the question to figure out like, what do you mean by that? What's what are, how is that showing up for you? Uh, very valuable. So, uh, so I'm curious, like Amanda, you know, since we've been hanging out for so long, we've, we've helped make sure my books don't die and they get out into the world. And I actually finish them even on the days when I'm like, ah, <laughs> or I'm not going to edit it one more time and all the things. And so I guess I was thinking about you too and putting myself, Aaron, you become Luca in my story, right? Like Luca, right. So here's Ursula and Luca, as I'm thinking of Amanda and Aaron in a collaborative writing process. And it was really hard for you to imagine, probably because Luca's so young, but, uh, down the road, I'm like, wow, what would that be like? So tell us, what was that like to be writing together? And did you guys, did you sit at coffee shops? Did you sit at home? Did you have coffee and chocolate chip cookies? Like what got you through it? Cause it's, that's not easy to do. Like, I think it's much easier probably to just write by yourself and, you know, have someone supporting you, but to do it together, to collaborate, it seems like it might be harder. It was equal parts awesome and a pain in the butt for sure. <laughs> that's what I figured. Um, <laughs> So for me, um, when we started writing the book, we, you know, outlines done, let's start making a prototype of what it would look like. I started approaching everything from an extremely analytical mind rather than a creative one that's integrating my personal story to each of the themes, which is what we eventually figured out was the perfect solution. But, you know, I was in this world of um, really being academic and all my essays were like, you know, very um, non, you know, personalized, they were very clean cut. This is what you get, you know, th this, the chapters kind of turned out to be, this is what you get from this story because of this, this, and this, and this from over here relates to this. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't putting me into the equation, just what I was thinking from a very close magnified level of, you know, um, analysis, you know, from yeah. stories. And that worked for a minute. And then it got extremely demotivated and I hated writing the book and I didn't want to write it and I didn't know it was up. Uh, and I became a real grouch about it. And um, my mom kept telling me, I think you should, you know, consider putting your story in. And I was like, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, and I think there was a lot of that around, like, you know, actually having to work through my stories again, either subconsciously or, you know, consciously um and eventually I did it you know I started doing it now and it just flowed it was like boom 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 it was perfect everything fit into place I was still able to bring in story examples but it was easier through the lens of my own personal life journey relating yeah. to the stories 
Um, and of course, you know, she'd go in and edit things and ask more questions and I'd be mad at her. And, you know, like you, yeah. you know, you read out throughout the book, she'd pause the TV show and she'd ask me a question. I would sigh or roll my eyes or both or, yeah. you know, near tantrum. And then um, she'd ask a question I'd answer and uh, it'd be good. It all worked out. It so. did. And I'm laughing because I'm glad that I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one that is super resistant to Amanda's amazing suggestions and that I've also like ground my teeth and like, you know, snarled at her like, Oh, I can't add one more story. And then, you know, I'll go and like, it used to be a half a cup of coffee and I'd sit down and I'd be like, she's so right. She's so right. Yeah. I feel you on that. So you, so you continued on and I have to ask you because you threw this out there before and Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know that we talked. You said um, the hardest chapter, and you were talking about story and working on yourself. The hardest chapter, and you forgot it, was redemption. Yes. Anything you want to share? Because I feel like this sure. is kind of juicy and interesting. It's, and it's very related. So, right, redemption is related to what we were just talking about, about villains and villain tells. And like I was just saying, we started this out very, I started this out very analytical from my perspective. And so what story would I bring in to describe a villain in my life, call them a villain and, you know, have that perspective out there that, you know, this person was, you know, a villain, a bad person. Like, how do you work with that? And so um, the first person that came to my mind was um, my great grandmother, right? Like, oh, oh no, oh God, you're going to call her a villain and a bad person. And so I had to work through this whole thing of like, you know, she was um, really, she was aging. She was getting dementia. We were taking care of her my entire life. We were living with her and um, she wasn't always the nicest person, but she was in it, had an amazing heart and the real her that was underneath all of her trauma and pain was the person that I really loved. Right. And so having to write that was a super, super duper healing through writing experience, right? Of having to be like, she was a villain in my life at this time for a reason. She wasn't a bad person and did the best she could. And being able to write through that really allowed me to um, reconcile all the crap that we had to go through, you know, with her and us leaving and moving and everything like that. And, um, you know, I think that that explanation was kind of scatterbrained and it makes a lot more sense when you read it through the chapter. Um, but yeah, that that was really probably the hardest chapter for me. And yeah. that's what's in the you can't make the story up. That was my first real healing through writing experience. Um, I, you know, and I texted my, you know, my mom in the middle of the F you and you're healing through writing BS because I was like sitting there like crying, trying to, you know do this. And I really finally understood the work that she does. And, um, you know, at a personal level, rather than being someone looking in at all of her clients and everything. And yeah, oh, yeah. like that's yeah. how that turned out. Um, not scatterbrained at all. That was very clear and just, um, can definitely relate to the healing that comes through writing about the story and the opportunity to see both the villain and the hero in and pretty much everybody, right? So mm-hmm. we see that there's two sides. And I love what you said too. Like most of us are doing the best that we can. Your grandmother, great grandmother, your great grandmother, Erin. Yeah, she was doing mm-hmm. the best that she can. And I I remember sending one of my stories to Amanda and she, <laughs> I think you texted me. You're like, 
what? How have you never told me this? Because we hold on to those stories and they're painful. And then they keep us, you know, we stay hidden, we stay invisible and they, and they really hold us back. And that's why I was so grateful to be part of, you can't make this story up. Thanks again. To, I was one of the, um, one of the, the first author in the book. I was so honored and, and just reflecting on the writing journey and how much healing has come for me going from writing, selling with intention all the way now to up level now, which is, it's just such a different book. Just fascinating to watch the, the transformation um, because of the way, Amanda, you allow us to, you create the safe space to tell the story. So Amanda, any, Amanda anything else you want to add about what Erin just said? Well, I was really grateful that we had the relationship that we had around story to navigate this. And also, you know, I've collaborated a few times and I feel like even when I'm working with clients, it's a collaboration, right? There's a partnership of um, the part that they do and the part that I do to um, make it sing. And so, you know, it was hard to see him wrestling with it. Um, it brought up my own stuff of like being in a collaboration and having someone just like ignore the time that was set on the calendar to do it. You know, like it was an opportunity for my own healing too. And just to allow what needed to happen to happen. And, and, you know, we were in a very challenging time, 2020 and 2021 was like, you know, we were having those other big conversations. And then, um, there was this moment where he had stalled, like just cranky. Are you going to work on this? And he's like, Nope, not right now. <laughs> and, um, and I remember just thinking like, there's something else that's coming that wants to come out of this. Right. Cause that's something I see with all my clients. Like there are these moments of stalling, but then there's something that happens during that time that kind of shapes the direction for the person. It's really important, but you know, a lot of people just sit and just write through that, uh, that frustration and just miss out on this other thing that is needs time and space to emerge. And so during this time of like, mom, I'm just done with this book. Like, I don't want to work on it right now. I don't know how to sort through this and me telling him, like, try your story and him rolling his eyes and walking out of the room, which he rarely does rarely, like in, in all of his years, he doesn't really wow. do this with me. Wow, Aaron. <laughs> and so, um, in the middle of all this, he gets this idea to start his own business. He's finishing uh, school. And so part of what we're doing is looking at like, what are the options? Do you want to look at higher education? Do you, you know, and, and having those conversations around destiny and around mm -hmm. leadership, I've, you know, I've, how many times have I said to you over the years, like he's, he was a born leader. He was like, he had all of the traits of a leader at like three years old. You know, mm -hmm. you could oh, see yeah. that for him, but it was just a matter of waiting for him to see it and own it himself and putting him in front of the screen and talking about what does it mean to be a great leader? Like, what are the qualities of great leadership? And so he got to the end of his high school journey and realized, you know, he, he didn't want to follow the typical trajectory and he decided to start his own business. So, um, I thought it was really interesting that, that pop through while he was in this space. And then it was like another creative burst happened, right, Aaron? Like the ideas for the company and it, what, what happened for you during that time? 
Uh, I don't even remember. I just feel like I left everything out of like that was not building and figuring out what the business was like. All my creative energy just went toward that for a while. Mm. Um, but it really did help me own more of that. You know, I think that was another sort of tougher chapter, um, the leadership chapter, like own what, you know, figure out defining what leadership means, figuring yeah. out how I fit into that with personal stories. And then actually fake being like, oh, I am a leader in some way, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And relating that, like it was all that happened at the perfect time, you know, as usual, as we know. And knowing how to lead, like knowing what that meant so that you could lead your own career path as well, lead your own yeah. destiny, step into what it was you felt called to. And congratulations on your business. No small feat. Um, I know you've you. been surrounded by business owners. So just congratulations on that. Thank and you. Things. So Anything else, any, I mean, you've had to live the lessons in this book. You've, um, you know, just, it happened during the pandemic. What else do you want to share about the, the collaborative process and what else, what else has come from this experience? Well, I mean, during this time, we, you know, pandemic, we were working on, you can't make this story up as well. And so that project got stalled out because we had 20 people who were trying to regroup and figure out, right. Like how they were, some of them, how they were going to survive. Uh, some of them had to attend to health issues and, you know, all different reasons. And so that group kind of disbanded a little bit. And so we, um, we dove deeper in, but then, you know, there were all these projects that were coming and I thought, you know, I just wish that I could offer more, you know, because I've been offering the content development and some self-publishing support for people through that process. But everything after that, like, they got to figure out on their own. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes I'll help them with curriculum or building out their revenue model. And so we were doing this at concurrently. Of course, this all happened at the same time where he decided he wanted to start a business because he didn't he didn't feel comfortable with just following the, the normal trajectory. And he said, I want to earn and learn basically. Mm -hmm. And I want to try things out. You know, I want to try to see if I like this or that and not be committed and hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt <laughs> in my process of trying to figure it out. Like, what if I could hang out with people who, you know, could give me the opportunity to kind of play and see if I liked it. And at the time I have this client who was building a network designed just for that. And so, and she was at the point where she was overwhelmed and needed an administrative assistant. And so I was like, hmm, maybe this will work. <laughs> <laughs> maybe these two things are happening. And so he dove in and, you know, of course used all of his tech savvy to make her business work in that way. And then became a leader on her leadership council. And so, I realized that I had been building teams for other people. Mm -hmm. And so when we got to the point where you can't make this story up required a lot more than what I could do, I was like, oh, look, I already have the team around me. I have people who've been reading on this project or that project. I have the designer. I have the systems person. Like, what if we did this all more intentionally? And so um, that was a huge year for me um, of looking at expanding services and and then um, realizing that we really want to create solutions for after the book. Mm. And um, I don't, I've engaged regular publishers 
uh, in a few different ways. Uh, mostly when my clients end up going to other publishers and then I, I get the emails that are like, what do you think of this cover? And what do you think of the interior? And, you know, and I'm just like, oh my God, I hate it. <laughs> like, if I'm honest, like, did they read your book? Did they, you know, like there's so much that gets lost in the relationship and the yeah. message and the, the energy of a project that people spend, you know, years pouring their blood, sweat and tears into, and then they move into a system that is so transactional. So, um, after witnessing that happen with a few of our clients last year, Aaron looked at me and was like, so when are we starting our publishing company? And I was like, well, I don't really want to figure that out, bud, but if you do. (laughs) Yeah. There were a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, I don't know. And then the end of the conversation and so, you know, I love that this was the time when Amanda was like, "Mm." she was giving you the resistance and the, "Mm," and you Mm -hmm. knew how to handle it. You're like, well, Sounds like we're doing this. So yeah, my, my really strong armed her. Yeah, for sure. Leadership kicked in. Well, awesome. Well, congratulations. Cause I know the publishing company is coming together and yeah, it seems like it's been a missing piece. I mean, you've built all the pieces over the years and some like a natural next natural up level, as we say around these parts. <laughs> so one of the things, you know, we talked in the beginning, you know, the title of what we're talking about today is unleash put, unleash potential and expand impact and income. Just really quickly, you know, how does story help you do that? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll say the way that I've seen that recently. Um, I mean, it's kind of like what you actually do, mom, is like you help people figure out their message and who, like their story relating to their message and bringing their story to what they're doing. Right. So it's more authentic and people actually figure out what they want to be doing and make money at it, which is right. How that all kind of fits together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's, that's kind of what I see um, for me. Right. Is like, especially with this, this bio work we were just talking about that we just did, we just had identity crises and rewrote our bios and like, I'm doing like this um, wealth plan, you know, for an organization that I just joined and like, you know, trying to figure out like goals and, and who I am at a life level. And then at a business level, how am I bringing that into it? It's like, it's all connected. Your story and what you do are not separate. Your story from your business and your work is not separate. And if they're not in alignment with each other, it's not, I feel like you might be, you're limiting yourself. Um, and everything, you know, and expanding and growing and connections. And there's kind of like, a, there's a, when there's a disconnect there, it just doesn't feel right, you know? And so like, for me over the past year business, I, you know, making my business, it's a soft launch. I don't, you know, I'm not looking to constantly have new clients and bring on team yet is kind of exploring what I really want to do, what I love and what I don't. And it's helping me clarify my strengths more and my what I love to do more and who I am more in the process and then building it out from there in that way, you know? And so it's more, it's more true to me and less scary because of that. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think it's such an important key to what you're talking about is like really helping people get clear on their message, but that it's authentic, especially in this time of like, if we're not being transparent and authentic, 
Like, I feel like it's, you're just over. It is the cancel culture. So um, that's a whole other conversation of being authentic and, and clear so much, so important. Amanda, anything you want to add to what Aaron just shared so beautifully? Yeah, I, I don't know anything more to add except that, you know, I've had, because of the people that I've worked with, um, I've had the opportunity to look at the science of story and to see that um, story is actually the, the thing that attunes us the most quickly with other people. So whether it is, you know, trying being a helping professional and trying to help someone in a therapeutic setting or being a teacher in a classroom and trying to capture attention or it's, you know, in sales, right? Like, how do you connect with people the most quickly? And story is one of the things that gets the heart and the brain on the same page between the storyteller and the listener. And so for me, that is everything when it comes to being able to maximize your impact on the people that you're trying to serve and also your bottom line, because the better you do that, the better the bottom line looks, right? Yeah. So good. Like if you, yeah. How do you get connected? So you're saying scientifically story connects you or get related, get so that people can feel like we're alike enough and interested in that story to take that next step. Well, you two, we could talk all day. I want to say thank you for being here. And I know you have something for our listeners and you have pretty big deal coming up on someone's birthday. So April 6th, right. is the big day. Um, So tell us more. Who wants to share what you got going on? I think you should take that away, Ma. Okay. We are, we're launching a religion of story on April 6th, which is, which is Aaron's 19th birthday. Uh-hoo! So um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And what we have done is we have um, put together a bunch of offerings for people who want to help us get this message out because I, I've seen how most of the people in my community are these types of parents who are looking for ways to build curiosity and to cultivate character in their kids. And they are really concerned about freedoms, both you know personal freedom and collective freedoms right now in the times that we're living in. And so um, for me, I wanted to create some sort of win-win for them. So what we did was we bundled a bunch of things together where people can jump in and do a quest to heal some of their own story, or they can take advantage of the workshop series that Aaron and I are going to do together. We're actually going to co-facilitate workshops on every theme of this book. We did this, we did the uncertainty one for someone a few years ago already. It was like a year and a half ago, I guess. And it was a blast. So we're going to do the whole, the whole workshop series. So people can um, go to the link that is on the, the page and just see if anything uh, connects with them. And then there's also on there, they can fill out the form and get a sneak peek at the book, see the introduction in the first chapter. Okay, cool. So that'll all be in the show notes. So a religion of story, you can get um, the special gifts below. And then if someone wants to purchase the book, when is it going to be for sale? When are we going to be buying the book? Anything you want to add there? Yeah, April 6th. Um, is when everyone we're hoping everyone will help us to get to a bestseller status. Wouldn't it be fun if Aaron was a bestseller twice by the time he turned 19? Like he will be. Is that even a question? Mm. I know. I know. Yeah, true. (laughs) It's going to happen. It's already in, it's in the air. It's, it's already intended. You guys have said it's already done. So yeah. Well, congratulations on a religion of story. I know it's going to make a big difference in so many lives. 
Thank you, Amanda, for the difference you've made in my life. Erin, thank you for the difference you've made in my life. You don't even know probably and just how you've inspired me to be a better parent um, to Luca and to, it's like your, you know, your X amount of years ahead, don't make me do math, but you know, you're like 10 years, more going to be more than 10 years ahead of him. Right. And so it's just been an honor to be on this journey with you. So thank you for me, for letting me be the nosy other parent that's been hanging out and observing you two as um, this amazing duo. So thanks for being here and we wish you guys the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And to our listeners all over the world, we are so grateful for you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. If there's anything we can do for you, please email us. And the fastest way is contact at UrsulaInc.co, not .com, it's .co. So make sure you make that correct correction. And we just send love to, again, Ukraine and all of those over the, all over the world who are struggling right now. So, all right, everybody, we'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you for joining us today. And if you are ready to make your next quantum leap, let's do it. Ursula invites you to join us at the 2X Intensive. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. Don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app.